Hi, welcome to episode 30 of the Abbey Normal Podcast. My name is Colin. And I'm Aaliyah. I'm sorry that I sound infuriating right now because I just watched the remake to Black Christmas. And I've, yeah. trust me, I've known about Black Christmas, the remake, for years. And it's my first time watching the full movie and I yes. am super so, fucking mad. So before you jump right into it already, because it's we... fucking horrible. Save your frustrations for later. <sighs> We did just finish watching the Black Christmas remake, which we finally got around to doing. I can't believe you paid five bucks for that. It's only five dollars. Yeah, Get five, over it. Five dollars of a nightmare. Yeah, but five dollars you didn't have to spend, okay? Good. I bought I'm the movie. So, I spent so the five dollars. I'm glad that I didn't have to pay five bucks. So before we get into it, I think we have mentioned before, there there are podcasts that we enjoy mm-hmm. and we follow and we like. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody who has seen my tweet from the Abby Normal podcast page, but I was going through, I've been spending most of the week listening and catching up on um, the Demi podcast. Which we we love them. Yeah, they're They're, really good. They're a wonderful group of, well, a couple. Yeah. Yeah, they're a nice. They're a nice couple. We well, love James yeah. and Chelsea. They're really. That's nice her people. name. Okay, because yeah. I was gonna say I I love James, but I was trying to figure out what her his girlfriend's name yeah. is. But it's Chelsea. Okay. Yeah, but we watch like the kill count videos that James A. Janice does. Yeah, I I've been my, catching my favorites on there. I've been catching up on the podcast episodes, and some of the ones that I've listened to were recorded right around the same time as the 2019 Scarecon event that took place in Rochester, New York last mm. October. Mm-hmm. And that was a fun event. I mean, it was it wasn't, very fun. It was not as fun as the year before. The year before, but this one was still just as good. Still and pretty I, badass. So when yeah. I when I heard that they were going to be there, I was super super excited because we were very well aware of the Kill Count videos and the podcast. And we're huge and, fans, so yeah. we thought it would be cool to meet them and just see how they are as people. Yeah, like we got an autograph, we got a picture, and it was so much fun. To and talk we to them. and we talked to them. I explained to them what a garage plate was because they'd never oh, heard yeah. of a garage plate, and they were actually super excited and they wanted to go get one. Yeah. But I don't know if they did. I don't know if they did. If they didn't, it's fine. Because it's, you know... There's so many places here in Rochester you could get one. You know what's from. funny? A garbage plate actually sounds good right now. It sounds I pretty delicious. Want. I know, but even right. after just watching that horrendous movie, I don't even know if I want to. We're not eat. gonna get into that right now. I know, but still, it's a fucking horrible movie. But I I posted a t- or I tweeted about it and I took the picture of us and I posted it and they mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah. The den the den meat Twitter account liked it, and I was like super happy about that. I'm so surprised I thought it was really, they didn't really cool. comment. No, I thought it was really really cool, and I'm like super thrilled that they liked it. Um, I'll probably <sighs> post that picture also on the Our Instagram, Instagram the Instagram page, mm-hmm. and Colin will probably post it on the Facebook page as well, just so you guys can see what it looks like. But it was taken last year in 2019. Yeah, around in October, around the Halloween this was, time. Way, way before we even started our podcast, so we were we were talking about it and we were thinking about it, and we even asked them like, "How did you guys get into your podcast?" And they were, you know, it's mostly Chelsea's project and it's like her baby and everything, but. Mm You know, she she's got it started. She always wanted to do a podcast about horror movies and scary stuff. So so yeah, and look what they are now. Look where they at. You know, yeah, they're they're, uh, they're really good. And they're I pretty love, well known in the YouTube world and the podcast world. I love I love their horror movie reviews. I love the games that they play on it. I like, love their personalities. Guess, their personalities oh, yeah. are just so funny, but yet morbid. 
Oh yeah. But and I, they're but funny. They're, but they're still wholesome though. They're yes. funny. They're a wholesome like, group of people. And here's the thing. Like, I've tried listening to other horror movie podcasts, like yeah. Horror Soup. Unfortunately, I couldn't get into that Last really well House. enough. Well, I mean, I like um, Last... What is that? Uh, Last, Last, po- Last Podcast on the Left. Last Podcast on the Left. I do like that a lot. But there's just... When you listen to Dead Me, there's just something wholesome when they talk. I, I also I also They're listen, not complete assholes. I listen to their Cry Wolf review. Well, they're podcast. not assholes anyway, but yeah. Well, no, I listened to their Cry Wolf review, and it was mm. so funny. Actually, you showed I, me it. I do remember there was a There was a part of it, which I'm not going to give it away because I want you guys to go check it out. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. But John Bon Jovi's in the movie. Just, honey, just don't tell them, all right? I know, but they make a lot of jokes about John Bon Jovi, and I oh, think I it's know. funny as well. And fun. that's great because John Bon Jovi is really, I know he's like the pride, one of the prides of Jersey, but people still make fun of him because he's overrated and yeah. overplayed mm-hmm. like i'm i'm so sick of listening shot through the heart no you mean you give love a bad name that's yeah. what the song's called i'm sick of listening you really can't get your songs right because i don't care about bon jovi okay i'm sick of listening to that song on the radio like seriously it sucks and mm. i i'm like i'm sure he's a nice guy in person but oh, yeah. i'm so sick of his music yeah well and, it's and, not it's not everyone's cup of tea i know but in the same sense in the same sense that i'm sick of listening to sweet caroline i'm sick of listening to bon jovi i'd rather listen to sweet caroline than bon jovi that song too but anyway i digress go check out dead me if you haven't (laughs) because their podcast is far more superior than ours all right so can we now get into discussion of these movies i know you just want to get over this i just want to end it let let me just break this down. So while we were while we were watching the remake, all I could hear from Colin's side of the bed was, "This is for the podcast. This 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 is for the podcast." I had to keep reminding him to like, we have to watch this for this episode. <sighs> oh, so even though we, I got chills. There were there were things about it that we did not like. There, oh, there was a lot of things I did not like. We we stuck it out for you guys, and Ugh. we hope that you... better you... be happy we did this. <laughs> you better be fucking happy. Colin. I want some cookies and milk. I Colin. Want, I want a present. <laughs> you need to take another shower after watching this movie. It's... I need to take five showers after watching this fucking movie. Okay. Oh my god, this is just... Well, why don't we get into the original first? Before... Wanna... Watching that movie makes me want to clean this house. That's what it feels like. Because <laughs> that fucking movie was just dirty. So dirty. But let's not get into that right now. Let's uh, let's go. All right, in. but let's before this remake, there was a great movie. There was yeah, the go, original. Let's go in chronological order. So let's go to 1974. 1974. In Canada, there was a great movie called Black Christmas. Yep, directed by Bob Clark. It had a runtime of an hour and 38 minutes long. Can I say what he was also known for for later? 1983's A Christmas Story. I know. That's such a turn. Like, Which from... makes me laugh so hard because I can get where the humor came from in the in oh, Black Christmas. God. You know? I love A Christmas Story, too. I uh, think, it's, But it's so adult. It makes so much I sense. Know. Oh, my God. And now I want to watch remember, Christmas Story. Well, remember <sighs> when they... I can't remember which channel it was on mm. cable, but there used to be a channel that played that movie all day on christmas tbs tbs actually did it i remember oh my God. tbs would play christmas story all day my family hated Chris- it because i know christmas day you put it on and yeah. then like after the third time everybody's like why do you want to keep watching this movie i'm they're, like because it's funny they're like i fun. love this movie you shoot your eye out kid shut the fuck up I'm like, it's like <laughs> i know exactly it's like why uh, wouldn't you you know i'd rather watch something else i'd rather watch the santa claus movie i'd rather watch um 
Elf, I'd rather watch A Year Without a Santa Claus. I'd rather watch any of those. But don't get me wrong, I do like a Christmas story. It's just don't play it 24 hours a day. I love it. Oh. That's that's one we gotta watch oh for our own leisure. Not for the podcast, but for our own leisure. What? Which one? A Christmas Story. Yes. Yes. So we're, we'll... Maybe we'll watch that eventually, just to wipe the slate clean of the terrible remake we watched. But that's getting off topic again. So, yeah. 1974's Black Christmas yep. had a runtime of an hour and 38 minutes long. That is true. It had a 7.2 out of 10 rating by IMDb. 80, 86% of Google users liked this movie. It had a budget of $620,000. Wow, not bad. And made four point one million at the box office. That's pretty, actually, pretty damn good. I know its release date was, you know, relatively close. So close to Christmas, December twentieth, nineteen seventy four. Five or six days before Christmas. Well, five. Five days before Christmas. Yeah, five days before Christmas. It's, Sorry. It stars <laughs> Olivia Hussey, Margot Kidder, John Saxon, Kier Dula. Dulia? I can't pronounce his last name. Pierre Dulia. God, I swear to God. And Andrea Martin, who would go on to play Mrs. Mack in the remake. There was a lot of well-known names in this movie, too. She also played Aunt Vula in one of my favorite rom-coms, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and she was so fucking funny in that one. John Saxon's one of my favorite actors, and he went on being um, Nancy's dad. dad. Let me say it. Nancy's dad in Nightmare on Elm Street. And he also, a year before that, he played in the Bruce Lee movie Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Which he's a badass. If you can be in a movie with Bruce Lee, you're a badass. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how good the original was. Oh, His, it's way better. I know because I know my my job in these remakes debates is sometimes to hype up the remake, and I feel like in the last episode and now in this episode, oh. I'm saddened to say that remakes are not all that I like to hype them up to be. They're fucking terrible. That's why I so, don't like remakes. So let's talk about the original. Let's hype up the original because... The reason for me I like the original is that it doesn't overdo things and it's just... There's no really any jump scares. There's none of that. This movie mm-hmm. here is like, to me, it's a scary movie, but it still seems wholesome in its way. And it's still quiet in certain points it's like there's that quietness before the storm and that's and and they do it pretty damn well better than this movie i i do think too the the lack of musical scores and this makes it even more like scary scary yeah because it's like the the more quiet a setting can be the more it kind of like sets you up for the suspense of what's going to come Mm-hmm. Especially when you don't know when it's going to happen. Exactly. You know, because that's what the whole point of music is about. Like mm-hmm. in music scores, it's especially to, in scary movies, it's so to music. build up the moment. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's like the, supposed to make you scared. It's like, you know, Halloween with yeah. the with the theme song that or, comes up, yeah, or, or, or in Jaws, or Nightmare on Elm Street, that, or Jaws. Yeah, Jaws yeah. has a really good build up. Yes. I do like the build up to yes. Jaws. But that's what like some music scores in movies are meant for. They're meant to set the mood. And yeah. I like that how the lack of it in this movie really makes the moment more terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, another exactly. another unique thing that I love about this is the first person point of view shots from Burt Dunk. It was the cameraman who came up with this idea. He developed a body brace that was rigged with a camera so mm-hmm. that he can essentially have his hands free yeah he was the guy who kind of played billy 
or the killer mm-hmm. in those first person point of view shots. Yeah. So basically So anytime you saw like his hands reach out and grab people and especially the first kill mm-hmm. scene with Claire when he throws the bag over her head, that's all this guy. Like Bert Donkey, that's all him. Yeah. And, and it's so, creative. I love it. And with this movie, I know they were trying to save money and they were trying to like budget and everything. So that's mm-hmm. why they chose a lot of their workers behind the scenes to be in the movie. Yeah. The, one of the things we looked up too, because we did our research on the original before we went into this, but a lot of um, background characters. So like people who are in the search parties, one of the sorority girls... Um, one of the cops. You know who made me laugh so much? Was they, but they were all crew, um, cast or yeah, crew members. You know who made me laugh so much? What? The dumb cop, the one who didn't figure. <gasps> officer Nash. Officer. Nof- oh. Officer. I was about to say an officer. No, Officer Nash. He was the one that made that joke. Like he didn't know exactly what the girl was. Uh, Saint he didn't Lu- know what Valacia means. Valacia means, and Valacia I Valacia, and I and I laughed my ass off. And the cops how, were trying not to laugh, but the one cop did, and John Saxon was I, trying to keep his cool. I know. I love how that was like a genuine like reaction to reading the slip, very, and they're like very fucking funny. I know that was so fucking cool. But Officer Nash is a total dink. Like I swear to God, that's he the, was. He That's the he best. Care. He's a giant boob. Let's just let's just. <laughs> he's a giant flab, a, well, f- a flabby boob. He's a huge boob. But let's just say this: like, I mean, we see it a lot of movies, but there's always that. What's the word I'm looking for? Inadequate cop. Yeah, he's not the smartest cop. He's, he really isn't. He's like the he light doesn't... bulb that couldn't light, like on the Christmas tree. I know. It's like when you're trying to have a thought, and that light bulb just fluckers but doesn't go off yeah but you know all the lights are on in the tree and there's that one light bulb that's just broken that's officer nash i know it's so silly it's so silly <laughs> so but ridiculous that was another thing but about... that was a good one and just well, you know i do like the house alone i feel like the house I'm, alone was super cool i'm going to go through my notes in order because as i as i watch these movies i take notes on certain things that i think are memorable to talk about so like I said, the first-person point-of-view shots I absolutely love. I think they're creative. I give props to Bert Dunk for creating the body rig <laughs> camera. And and I don't know what it, uh, what it was about Olivia Husey, but even, like, right off the bat, like, when they show them at the Christmas party at the sorority house, when the, they hear the phones ring, mm-hmm. she doesn't even, like, take a second to go, like, hello. Immediately she picks up, she's like, hello, hello, hello. Yeah, and I'm like... It. God. Well, before this movie went, started in the story, the the calls were already going on I, I before get, you I see her that. before the f- movie started. Yeah, I get that because like they don't even mention it until a little later. Like it's the call again. Like yeah. again, but like she she didn't even go from zero to six. She jumped right into sixty the she, second she answered she that ran, call. She went to eighty, like yeah. eighty-eight miles per hour. <laughs> I know, picks up the phone. Hello? Hello? She went I'm back like, to the future Doc Brown style. Oh, my God. Yeah. So You're going to see some real shit. And I put, again, like, how long has this calling, has this, like, calling thing been going on for? Yeah. They don't tell you, but they know that, they imply that this has been going on for a while now. Exactly, yeah. And um, the the noises that they hear in these phone calls are also very creative. I think Nick Mancuso is the man who does the voices of Billy or the obscene phone caller, but um, he came up with this idea. Yeah, the because there's multiple voices in these phone calls. It's mm-hmm. actually Bob Clark, the director, 
good. And, yeah. And voice actor Nick, Nick Mancuso. And he came up with the um, idea to warp his voice by standing on his head. Mm. He said this helps kind of like alter the thorax into making those like weird deep. Yeah. yeah. But he, I thought that was pretty genius. Like it's pretty it creative. And you know what? And and just bef- definitely with movies like that. That's why I like older movies because they were coming up with a lot of different things back then before we could ever come up with anything now. Like mm-hmm. all those things that we come up with movies now were all first done way back in the day, especially with exactly. Black Christmas. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I like about these older movies because they show innovation because they were the first ones to do some of this stuff. Yeah. And I, I like how in the first few phone calls we get, we get, like, a bunch of weird obscene noises. And then, like, Barb, you remember Margot Kidder plays Barb. Yeah. She gets involved, and then all of a sudden he, it goes from, like, to, I'm going to kill you. And I'm no, like, no, like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, and yeah, that and soft then, voice. Yeah, it's like, it, that gets weird really See, quick. that <laughs> that scares me more than a voice being like, I'm going to kill you. No, it's more like, I'm going to kill you. Like, yeah. that voice scares me more mm-hmm. than a just a scary voice. Yeah. Because it could be a normal person. I will say, one one subtle difference between the original and the remake I feel like is, there's a big subtle difference. I, I know there's a bunch of differences between the two. But the one I can say for certain is, like, the attitude that these girls carry with themselves. Because mm-hmm. it's like, when we watch the remake, almost every girl in that sorority house has some, like, Resent, resentment were not bitch. resentment but they're like total bitches yeah there's a lot like of right off in that movie right off the bat you get this sense that every almost every single girl in that sorority house is a basic bitch whereas like in the remake it's like they all kind of have their different types of personalities some are more caring than others and, and then you, know, you got and, barb and a lot of them actually got along with each other well i wouldn't say that i'd well, say in the, in the original they did in the remake not really Oh, you mean like the characters or behind the scenes? No, the characters. Okay, because I was going to say behind the scenes is a little different, but we'll get into that later. Uh Oh. Um, But yeah, Barb, (laughs) in my notes I have Barb get stuffed. Like, she she is probably the biggest bitch in the whole fucking house. And that's because she's constantly boozing all the time. Like which which one who played Barb in the remake, if you don't mind me asking? There wasn't a Barb. Oh, there wasn't. Okay, never mind. I think Now I hate the remake more. I think Lauren kind of took on the Barb role, the Barb role, especially mm-hmm. like in terms of the fact that she was the one who was drinking a lot. She ends up the, she ends up being the one who gets sick and goes to bed early. You know what the complete difference is what? for for me? And she gets killed the same way as Mar- um, I like Barb. Barb better because Barb could handle her alcohol, did not throw up. Lauren puked her fucking brains I know. out. The only the only cutoff point for Barb was when she was like getting really uh, belligerent in that scene with um, yeah, and she was Claire's, getting serious and real. Yeah, it was yeah. Claire's dad, Phil, and someone else. I couldn't believe, but he they was, were like, yeah. they were like, Barb, go to bed. Yeah, like you're drunk, go to bed. Like yeah, she, yeah. She basically bitched her out, like took her down, and was like, look, quit your shit. Go upstairs, sleep it off. Yeah. And literally, that was that was like, damn. It was like, basically, she slapped her in the face, but mentally. Yeah, but Barb is also the kind of girl who will, like, point out a certain flaw in one of the other girls and yeah. use that to, like, their disadvantage. Like, she calls Claire a virgin, <laughs> which, ironically enough, Claire's Claire the first person. First, and yeah, she's the what, first virgin to die. 
Yeah, in my notes after the Barb comment, I put, here's a first ever, virgin dies first. (laughs) And she does, in, like, the most coolest way, too. Like I said, with the the body cam we have on Burt Dunk, Mm -hmm. he's in the closet, and he's got the bag, and he throws it over Claire's head and suffocates her to death. Okay. And then another cool thing I found out about behind the scenes was the girl who played Claire. I can't remember her name, but she would go on to sit in that chair with a bag over her head during most parts of shooting the scenes. <coughs> Bless you. <coughs> Don't die. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, th- like that was her thing, and I liked that she like stuck it through. I, I thought that was really good, so kudos to her. <laughs> I also put in here in my notes, B for booze. Everybody's drinking in this fucking movie. Yeah, in the original, right? Yeah, yeah in the original. like everybody's. Even drinking the guys wine. are drinking. The guys are drinking like beer and yeah. whiskey. The girls are drinking wine and and the other harsh liquors. Yeah, like then, and then I Mrs. Think there Mac, was scotch involved. Yeah, and then Mrs. Max got like bottles of what was it, Hennessy or she something. She had like, a bottle of Hennessy in one of her Bibles. It was a, it was in a book and it was like cut out. Yeah, she's got like yeah. bottles of Hennessy hiding all over the fucking. House. I probably would have done that too. I counted. There's like five yeah, scenes where they you, show Miss Mac. Pulling out a bottle out of I nowhere. noticed when you were doing that, when we were watching it, I've seen you every time when she pulls out a bottle. She's like, you're like, ah, damn. Like, I know, like, after the fifth one, I was like, holy hell. Like, what the fuck? I love that when James what? A. Janice was talking about it in his kill count, and he oh, yeah. was talking about the woman, how she, every time she brought out the booze. Yeah. And it was and so funny. Miss Mac is apparently based on a real-life person, and I think Bob Clark's life, like a real-life aunt that he had in life who was also known for hiding booths like bottles of alcohol yeah. throughout the house mm-hmm. which is cool but it's like holy hell it adds some comedic humor to the whole seriousness of it being a dark holiday horror movie yeah but yeah i think it's a really nice touch to it exactly um going into our next topic of discussion in the original but peter olivia husey's boyfriend i think her mm-hmm. name is jess jesse or jessica in this movie um but peter's a dick yeah, Peter is um, a dick. And you know what? He's a dick for breaking his own fucking piano. And that piano was beautiful. Yeah. And I wish he didn't break it because that thing was I, nice. I hate his piano recital scene where he's, like, working up a sweat playing his piano, like, really shittily. He shouldn't like, even done that. He, he's a shitty piano player, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, and he thinks he's so renowned. He's not. I just hate that he's, like, so stuck up and, ugh. Just and just. So one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest plot points in this movie is waste that waste of a piano. Jess is um apparently like pregnant in this movie mm-hmm. and she wants to have an abortion, and, and Peter is not all for it. He's, he's not having he's it. He's willing to throw away his music career for the sake of getting married to Jess and having, and having a kid a fam- together and having a family. Yeah. And it's like, dude, don't do that. Don't put that kind of pressure on a woman when she clearly does, does not, not want, want this. That. Yeah. Like, she even says so herself. Like, there's so many things that I want to do with my life before I ever settle down and have a family. You know, I hate Peter in that sense where he tries to, like... He he guilts her out of not having an abortion, which she still sticks to her guns with this decision, which I applaud her for. Yeah. But he still, like, constantly hounds her, like, we need to talk about this. You can't just kill our baby for the sake of your future and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, 
Like, Dude, what the fuck? Like, listen, buddy. If she doesn't want to have the child, that's her decision. You can't mm-hmm. make someone do something that you want them to do. Yeah. No. It, plus, it develops into an unhealthy obsession where you start to question, like, what what he's really about. Mm-hmm. And almost, at, you know, if we didn't have this uh, first-person point of view shots of him killing the other girls... I really the, thought it was like, Peter who was killing yeah, all the girls it almost the makes house. It almost makes you think that it is Peter. And... Yeah, we don't ever know who the real killer is, but I think it's safe to assume by the end of the movie it's it's not Peter. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. that fucking weird Billy ass kid. Well, we don't even know if it is Billy. The yeah. only the only notion we get that there's a person named Billy is in the, one of the final phone calls. There, um, the dialogue tells a story about a Billy and an Agnes, and yeah, all all that weird shit. Let's see, moving on. From that, Barb is boozing throughout the whole movie. Oh, she's still boozing. Yeah, that, yeah, never, that we, never gets old. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a while ago, but Barb is constainly drinking. I mean, we mm-hmm. thought Mrs. Mack had a problem with her weird stash, but Barb is just constantly boozing to the point where she's offering alcohol to small kids, which is not okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she shouldn't, but it's okay. That's mm-hmm. the whole humor of this. Yeah. I wrote down fuck Claude in my notes. Who Who's Claude again? I'm trying to remember. Is he one of the... Oh, um... Claude, Claude, Claude. Claude's not Claire's boyfriend, is he? Because Claude... If that... I mean, I don't think that's Claude. I don't think that's Claude, but I don't know. Because Claire's boyfriend does help out in mm-hmm. a way in, in getting, you know, um, Claire's disappearance notified to the police. Yeah. Which I think is pretty good. So, like, good for him. Yeah, but honestly, um, I don't know who Claude is. I yeah, it's been a while since I've watched the original. So, and and this is just you know going into more of um, <sighs> trying to get back on track here with with the 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 in order in which this movie goes into. <laughs> but so Claire gets killed and yeah. her body is stashed up in the attic. Exactly. Yeah. And the way her body is displayed, it's definitely a, a terrifying shot. But it, she's in a, essentially in a rocking chair facing the window of the attic that's at the front of the house. And you know what's funny? They, How does nobody no ever see the window? Exactly. Yeah. How does nobody ever see the shit? Patty cake, patty cake. <laughs> no, but I even put that on my notes. Yeah. I'm like, did everybody really forget that there's an attic in this house? But yeah, Miss Smack eventually like goes up into the attic. And she doesn't even make it that far into the attic until she gets killed in the weirdest of fashions. Mm-hmm. I will say this: both the original and the remake, um, in terms of kill scenes, like they're very creative. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I will say this though: that like the remake kind of c- keeps the suffocation theme consistent. They oh throw the God. bags over their heads and then they follow it up with like stabbing into their eyes. And at least that's what happens in the remake. Yeah. But in in the original, we have Claire being suffocated. Mrs. Mac gets strung up by a hook mm-hmm. in her head. Barb gets stabbed to death with a glass figurine, which is also a scene that's recreated in the remake. And yeah, it's just very, very... Cre- it's more creative, I would say, than the uh, uh, remake and other stuff that we've seen in past movies. Yeah. And then, like, you know, once the police finally do get involved in looking, checking into these obscene phone calls is when they finally start to bug the line and trace the phone calls... Which, I'm sorry, why didn't they do that earlier? They should have let off the movie with that. Exactly. Like, the police show up and finally bug the landline. But instead, they did it later. They, yeah, they. well, I think it's because that Nash dude has something 
so has some blame to it because he doesn't he doesn't seem to take certain things seriously, seriously. like that. Yeah, yeah, He's such a jack. And it, it, and I don't it, like him. And it isn't until Claire goes missing, and it gets brought to the attention of the lieutenant, who is played by John Saxon, hmm. where he's like, you know, Nash, this this missing girl lives at the sorority house that's dealing with these obscene phone calls. Did you not think to forward this along to us sooner? And he's like, oh, I thought it was just prank calls, you know. Prank call my ass. Yeah. It's that, like I said, it's that inept, inadequate police work. That's mm-hmm. a, It's a common trope we see in a lot of horror movies where there's just police officers who don't take things seriously. They exactly. think it's like a prank. They don't look further into it. Not it, every until kid's it's like making too a late. joke. Yeah. They, but they don't really check into it until it's too late. Um, I love how, like, this whole... The whole thing, the whole movie concept is mm-hmm. based off of the urban legend of um, the babysitter and the man upstairs. Yeah. Because eventually, when they do trace the phone calls, they tell her, which, they again, Nash was advised not to say this, mm-hmm. and he didn't fucking listen. He didn't. He told her that the call was coming from inside the house, but that's part of the urban legend. Mm. And we and we see it a lot in movies like When a Stranger Calls and mm-hmm. the Babysitter, yeah, Killer or something like that. You know, something things like that. Which so are very... I think this movie kind of inspired a lot of those type of movies as well. Yeah, especially When a Stranger Calls. I feel like that's a much better movie. Isn't isn't there an original too for that one? And a there's original and then there's a remake, and I really don't want to see the remake of that. <laughs> I I do remember seeing the remake when I was younger. I don't want to see a remake of anything. I for would a while. I would revisit it, but I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to either. Plus, I feel like again, it's the same concept as Black <sighs> Christmas. You know, unidentified assailant is hiding somewhere in the house, making obscene phone calls to the babysitter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just very, very interesting. You want Sorry. to do the overall thought? or I'm going to hold off on the older overall thought until the end. But I did look up some behind-the-scenes stuff mm-hmm. while while watching this movie. You you tell, mm-hmm. you say the name, because I always mess it up. Which name? Gilda Radner? Or Radner? All right, so Gilda Radner was originally offered the role of Phyllis, but turned it down for the commitments with SNL. Which I think it was a wise choice because Gilda Ratner, like seriously, with SNL, she mm-hmm. made a huge career out of it. Yeah. Especially for her short-lived career. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, shots of Claire in the attic required Lynn Griffith, or Griffin, who, like I mentioned earlier, she had to sit for long periods mm-hmm. of time with a plastic bag over her head. Which has got to be kind of um, dangerous. There are some music scores Mm -hmm. but there's a certain sound and i think it's when it's when nash calls the house to to tell jess to get out yeah and it's when he tells her the calls are coming from inside the house there's this really scary he was was not supposed to say anything he's not supposed to say it but when he says it in that look on her face like they pan over to the to her face Mm -hmm. there's this sound that occurs and it's it Carl Zittra created this sound by tying forks, combs, and knives onto the strings of the piano. That's pretty cool. Which, I, yeah, it is cool. Warner Brothers had a different ending than the ambiguous one. I like the ending to this one. I like the, the ending, ending. Yeah. I do. It's, I guess. It seemed kind of like peaceful and I, quiet and dark, but also scary at the same time because the guy was still there. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. We get this, again, we get this a lot in other movies. This 
false sense of security at the end of the movie where you think that like they they show up they save jess you know she she takes out peter who we think might have been the killer only to come to find out that they never even found claire or miss mac's bodies upstairs yeah they found phil and barb but they never find claire and miss mac so their bodies are still hiding upstairs in the attic mm-hmm. and that's when billy or whoever this person is comes out and you know goes into Jess's room and we get this weird again ambiguous ending that doesn't have a conclusion there was no sequel made to follow up with the ending which is fine i guess you know cuz it kind of leaves you wondering you know what happened what essentially if or but what's going on i think it's safe to say that we hopefully she's safe uh, i i doubt it honestly I do. It's just common sense, I guess, or just intuition. But after seeing what has happened already to everybody else who resided in that home, mm-hmm. nobody ever really I makes it through. I can't believe that movie is almost 36 years old. I know. It's like, a seriously, old movie. Seriously, that's fucking old. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, Bob Clark wanted to stick with this ending. And I think it does work for the time that it was created. It does work is a very powerful ending. Again, it's just one we end up seeing a lot later on in time in other movies. So, mm. my overall thought is that I like the concept. Um, I enjoyed the different character dynamics and the camera shots and angles. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really like the ending and the not knowing, but, you know, that's just my well, opinion. It's I liked it, though, because it leaves you thinking about a lot of things. Yeah. Olivia Husey's acting is very strange. I mean, she she's also in the It movie with Tim Curry. Yeah, I she like her as an actress. Yeah, and she also played, uh, when she was younger, she played uh, Juliet in the Romeo and Juliet movie. That's, that was her first... Yeah, that, that, was, was, that was the role that got Bob Clark's attention to casting her for this role. That made her a big star. Yeah, movie, I yeah. mean, like I said, her acting is strange. The way she goes immediately into hysterics when the phone rings is a bit exaggerated. There were some plot holes that nagged at me a bit, but I think we kind of touched up about those earlier. Like, how come they never found the bodies in the attic? The, the weird concept of Peter and, you know, was it him all along? And, mm-hmm. you know, just his weird behavior and all this. But I did want to talk about Olivia Husey for a little bit because... You mentioned earlier that... Olivia Hussey. Olivia Hussey. She, like, Margot Kidder, there were some things that, like, she mentioned behind the scenes that, you know, it was a good experience. She got along with a lot of the cast and crew members. Olivia Hussey, she said, was a bit strange. Yeah. Like, she's very flighty, very out there. And I will say this. She took on the role based on the advice of a psychic. And according to Gary... Arbeed, who was a co-producer, mm-hmm. Hussey claimed that a psychic told her that she would be involved in a movie in Canada that would make a lot of money, and it's, it essentially did. I mean, it did. Yeah, it did a lot better in Canada than it did in America. It didn't make forty million, but it did make four point one million. Yeah, four point one million, which is a lot more than what the budget was, which exactly. is very good. Yeah, but yeah, I thought that was. I thought overall it was a pretty decent holiday horror movie yeah and i enjoyed it it's definitely up there with uh with a bunch of other holiday horror movies i've always loved so mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's cool that you can mix horror and holiday holiday movies and mix it together and make it still good 
Yeah, so what were your <laughs> overall thoughts with this original? I think the original is fantastic in mm-hmm. its own way because, you know, a lot of the stuff that they've done was not really done before. You know, it was unheard of, a lot of the things they did, and they were coming up with new new stuff for it. Mm-hmm. And just the characters overall, I mean, sure, they were they were gritty, and they were nice, and they were, weren't overall bitchy. Yeah. And they weren't overall nice, but it was just a fine mix. It was a fine mix between nice and assholish. Yeah. You know? Because here's the thing, and I think the whole, when you mix sorority lifestyle with, any movie whether it be a comedy or horror there's always this message about sisterhood and banding together in times of need or distress exactly in in situations like this where i guess we kind of see it a lot more in this and it's heavily enforced in the remake because Mm -hmm. We'll, and we'll get into it later. They really, they really heavily pushed the message of sisterhood and putting your differences aside in in terms of like the holidays and getting together and or like I said, as someone's in the house. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying in times well, of well, like in this case. But yeah, but with that being said, mm. want to get into the remake? I know you don't want to, but mm. all right. Let me let me lead it off. And just let me say this before. Let me start this off then. The Black Christmas remake was released in 2006, specifically on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day in 2006, it had a runtime of an hour and 35 minutes, which is relatively close to the original. It was directed by Glenn Morgan. It had a budget of nine million dollars. And at the box office made a total of $21.5 million. Can't believe that many people went to go see that movie. Now, on IMDb, it got a rating of 4.6 out of 10. Ha! 80% of Google users did like this movie, which is a little less than what the original, I think, got. 80% of those Google users are idiots. And it stars Katie Cassidy, who was also in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake we mentioned a while back. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I like her. She's she's been in a bunch of movies, including Sky High, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Lacey Chabert was also in Mean Girls. She played Gretchen Wieners, which That's... I I made jokes in my notes about her all throughout the movie. Um, Michelle Trachenberg, who we don't really see a lot. She was kind of a huge star in the early two thousands, and then kind of like fizzled out by like twenty ten, I think. Yeah. And then Andrea Martin, like I mentioned, she played Phil in the original. She comes back as Miss Mac in the remake. Yeah, my big fat Greek black Christmas. <laughs> so in my notes, I put even in remakes, everybody is drinking wine. Like right off the bat. We They're have, drinky drinky. We have a Claire mm-hmm. and we see her in her room and she's writing a note to her sister Lee. She, mm-hmm. again, gets suffocated with a bag and stabbed in the head with a, her fountain pen. But we see her in her room, and she's already got a bottle of wine with a glass half full in her nightstand. So, uh, we do have a Billy character in this. Which I wish they didn't do it, but... I know, and here's the thing. The, The backstory to this remake for Billy and Agnes, which they do talk about in this one was originally also written by bob clark he wanted to have that backstory in the original which i guess some 
like, the production company just didn't think it was a good fit. So they explored this a little bit more in the remake. I can see why it's not even, even in this movie, it's not a good fit. And just even with the mother who is in that movie, she was overly, uh, over, overdoing it. So let me, let's break down then this backstory. So we have a concept in which Billy Lenz was a kid who came from a very broken home, who uh, was born with a very rare liver disease, which made his skin look like a fluorescent yellow, mm-hmm. which is is true. When you when you suffer from liver failure or issues, you're, it does change the pigment of your skin color. Exactly. And apparently, like, his mother never loved him because he was a constant reminder to her of his father, who loved him very much. I don't and, know why that's a bad thing. I don't think... And then as a boy, his mom takes on a boyfriend... And together, her and her new boyfriend kill his father. Which, which was which, insane. Which he witnesses in through the walls of his home. Which we come to find out is the same house as this new sorority house that our main characters live in. So there's, you know, they, they come to find out too, there's all these like hidey holes and passageways that lead up to the attic. And all this weird crazy stuff. And then, so... Billy's mom and her boyfriend kill the father. They mm. hide his body under the porch. Ugh. And she locks Billy in the attic. Well, yeah. and we see flashbacks in moments like, let me see. We have a 1970s flashback. The 19... We have a 1982 flashback. I hate which, that flashback. Yeah, so we, we see Billy's mom and whiskey, whiskey dick boyfriend, which is what I call them throughout my notes. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get it on in the in the hallway, and he passes out, which I call him whiskey dick because I don't know if you hear this, but when he passes out, she's like, oh, every time. And I'm like, every time? Damn. Why are you shacking up with a loser who can't get it up, let alone stay up long enough to get it on? Exactly. So she, she after you know things don't go well with her boyfriend, she looks up to the attic and thinks, "Oh, well, I've got this son of mine. He's got to be old enough now to know what sex is and probably get it up." Well, he was actually twelve at the time because yeah. he was born in nineteen seventy. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. she is sick. Yeah, I, I put in my notes too. Use his son as like a sperm bank, and uh. then. Nine months later, like nine months later has Agnes, who oh she 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 focuses all of her love and attention onto Agnes now instead the, of Billy. Agnes looks horrible. She looked like a fucking doll. Well, that and that's the thing too, because all throughout the movie we see a baby doll that Agnes has possession of that her I guess her mom gives her in the 1991 flashback. Oh my god! But the- yeah, it's just a terrible, terrible. I can't believe you made me backstory. watch it. Backstory. I know. You Terrible made, backstory. You made me watch it. So, going back to the, the beginning. Oh, so, horrible movie. we have this weird, we have these weird scenes in a sanitarium where, where Billy is currently sentenced and residing in. And he's become something of a local legend in this college town. So, Katie yeah. Cassidy, who plays Kelly, she's one of the sorority girls. And this is four years prior to the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. She's, you know, dating this guy named Kyle, who we come to find out had a thing with one of the other sorority sisters named Megan. Gretchen Wieners is in this one. She plays Dana. So fetch. This movie so is so fetch. fetch. Yeah. I fucking hate this movie. I do. 
There's a lot of things I can't stand about it, but like I said, we're, we're going to try to brace through this because it's just so... I just wanted to be done. I know. Again, we get a lot of the same setup, the random phone calls, mm-hmm. the, the sorority setting, the sisterhood dynamic. It's just, I feel like there's a lot more bitchiness to the sorority house than yeah. there is in the original. They're not getting along in this one, that's for sure. Yeah, and we get a lot of like random characters, where it's like in the original, we had... We had Jess, we had Phil, we had Barb, and we had Claire, right? Mm-hmm. Like those were the main four that we were kind of focusing on throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Now we have we have Kelly, Claire, Megan, Dana, Melissa, Eve. Like we have all these extras that don't need to be there, and I feel like all these extra characters was just to build up the kill count that was missing in the original, which I don't think was really necessary. But uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, plus Billy's escape just seems so easily set up. That was so easily set up. There was no obstacle or anything. It was just easily stab the guy, get out of there, bam, goodbye. Yeah, exactly. So dumb. And I put in here too, why are people putting out gifts for a guy who was alive in a mental ward and how did this become a tradition? You know what? And this is the thing I was looking at, so let me say this. Okay. In the original... There was never really any story or origin of Billy in the original um, in the original movie. Yeah. And now in this movie here, there's a whole f- story and tale and origin and everything of this guy, Billy Lenz. Mm-hmm. And it just seems kind of dumb. I mean, I get it. They're going into the whole origin in, in this story, but it's just, just make it simple. Yeah. You know? It's just it's just too much. It is and, too much. And this movie is too much. Yeah, it's oh. too it's too much and not enough in terms of like real creativity. I mean there are like I said, there are some creative kill scenes. Like I liked Melissa's kill scene with the ice skate. Cause when you they they reveal early on too that Agnes is the one who's killing the sorority sisters in the beginning and Billy shows up a little later and he kills Heather and Miss Matt. And oh my God. Agnes is carrying around that glass figurine that Eve had given Heather. Remember yeah. in the beginning? Mm-hmm. And we think she's going to kill Melissa with this. And she ends up not. She sees the, the ice skate and she picks it up and she throws it and essentially practically scalped Melissa with this ice skate. Yep, exactly. And Which I think is probably one of the only creative things about this. Yeah. You know? It, it's the only creative thing about this fucking movie. There's nothing really creative about it. I think they just overbotched everything and just the acting, the killing, the settings, just everything about yeah. it. It's like when you have a cupcake or a cookie and you put icing on it and you overdo the icing and you put it on there, there's too much icing on the cupcake or the cookie. That's what it is. That's what it feels like. What the fuck are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. You've what seen the those, fuck are you talking cookie, about? Those cookies with the icing on it. You mm-hmm. ever seen those? And they overdo the icing? This is what that fucking movie is. It's overdue sugary yeah. icing. Damn and it. I don't like that they try to recreate their own POV shots when it's not even like the killer. It's Claire's sister, Lee, who I realize now is not played by... Mary Elizabeth Winston. Yeah, it's that the was, other girl. That was Heather. That's what I'm talking about. Kristen Cloak plays Lee, Lee. Lee Colvin. Mm-hmm. And she shows up about halfway into the movie. And I honestly, I don't get why she's there. 
I don't I, get the purpose. That was a part I didn't like either. That was a part of the kind of like, why? Who are you? Like, because I get in the original. Okay, so in the original, Claire's father shows up because that was the plan. She was packing up to go home the next day. Her father was supposed to pick her up and take her home for the holidays. Yeah. Which she she doesn't show up for their meetup spot. No. And this is what starts the initial search for Claire. I felt bad for the father in the original. Yeah, the, I felt bad too because it makes you sad. Like you know, he's in this house and his daughter's upstairs in the attic and she's dead and nobody yeah. knows where she is. And then he's dealing with and Barbara. Miss Drunkie over here. I know she's dealing with Barbara the booze hound and <laughs> fucking her her babbling nonsense about sex turtles and all that shit. Yeah, like I said, a belligerent conversation with herself. Like she thinks she's having a conversation with people, and they're just watching her. Like, what the fuck are you talking? They're about? all looking at her like I, puzzled. It is so frustrating to hear a one-sided conversation with a drunk person and you're just sitting there and you're listening to them babble and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's it's just a weird remake overall. <laughs> what I love about my notes, I put W is for wine. T is for tequila because Lauren takes a shot of tequila as she's combining it with wine. I saw that and you don't do that. That's yeah. a bad idea. You don't mix wine and Drink, tequila. Drinking 101. If you're going to drink something, stick, stick with that. Stick with whatever it is you're drinking. Exactly. Never mix drinks. Sure, I've done beer and liquor, but that's a bad idea too. But don't do not do it. I mixed one time. I did <laughs> Mike's Hard Lemonade with shots uh, of vodka. Uh, and at one point, I had a shot or two of mudslide. Uh, which no, is more didn't. of like a liqueur than an actual... But yeah. it, it's like a creamy you know what i did it's almost like a bailey's you know what i did what? i did uh, in one night i'd done beer rum whiskey and then the final thing i did that kind of ended it all gin Ugh. and that ruined everything for oh, me oh it that, did for me too i blacked this... out and then started throwing up in the alley yeah this, that happened mm. to me too like i said sorry those, for whoever saw that those three drinks i had was at a friend's birthday party and i started getting sick Oh. And I threw up in her house, which I felt bad because... Fucking nightmare. I threw up a little bit on the floor, and then my friend came out from the bathroom and slipped in my vomit. I felt so bad. I humped my buddy's leg while he was Why on did... stage. I, I felt bad. I was just like, I was, I, I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. We do get another extra character in this remake. His name is Kyle. He's currently Kelly's boyfriend, but he's also uh, somebody that Megan used to fuck. Megan's our second kill of the movie where that was not that was not cool. I didn't like yeah. that either, especially when she's staring at the porno video that they made. Yeah. Which apparently we come to find out that before Kelly showed up at the sorority house, mm -hmm. him and Megan were fucking, and he yeah, had to they were fucking. Yeah. They were fucking, <laughs> and Kyle had recorded them. At one point or another, having sex, and he saved his videos on, I think, his work computer, and a jilted employee found out and like posted them all on the website or Which online. Is fucked up. It is fucked up. But, but now it's like that's this. What the this, gets. this video is out, and we find yeah. out too. He has other videos of other sexual encounters with other women he has slept with. Not just Megan. Not just Megan. Oh not my. just Kelly other people what a hoe you i know, know i gotta say this guy who played what, what was his name in the movie kyle kyle's a hoe kyle yeah. a hoe i will say this though because use a hoe we, we see him in the beginning he's dropping kelly off yeah then we see him on the phone with megan who's bitching about the video that was posted 
And then he shows up later coming out of Megan's room that he eventually snuck into from the second floor window. Yeah. What the fuck? That, that, that raises all kinds of red flags. I even put here in my notes, he is a walking red flag. And then, like, the, the, the excuses and the bullshit that comes out of his mouth as to why he's coming out of Megan's room and what he's doing there in the first place, it's all just bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But I do, I do want to give him this. He calls all the girls spoiled bitches, which is exactly what they are. They are. Like I said, there's so much bitchiness to this movie. It grosses me out. It doesn't gross me out. It, it just, grosses me out. It makes me a bit tiffed. Because it's like, not every girl's a total bitch. No, not every girl. But there are some that are out there. There are Well, yeah. most of them are bitches. Not, some of them are just super nice. Yeah. And I feel like with this too, like... There's definitely a dynamic, like, you've got got Dana and Lauren, who are, like, the top two bitchiness. You've got Mm -hmm. Kelly and Melissa, who are somewhat of the caretakers. You've got Megan, and uh, there's there's just, like, a weird dynamic group of girls where there's, like, the bitches, the caretakers, the sluts, the weirdos, the outcasts. The nice ones. Yeah. The Pretty virgins, much. the non-virgins. Yeah. There's always these type of girls in horror movies. And just, what I always try to figure out, what is your favorite girl in the horror movie? Like, who, like, out of all the girls, wh- which one is your favorite? You know, based on their character or how, how great or not In great. any horror movie or these, yeah. just these ones? Or just any any horror movie. Like, are you always rooting for the girl who's just like... The, the good one who just doesn't die in the end, because that's who I do. That's or, the final girl, which... The final girl. Spoiler alert, Kelly is our final girl, Katie Cassidy. And I love a girl who knows how to fight back. Yeah. I love a girl who has common sense. And the girl in this movie, she it, definitely does have that. The, the yeah. blonde, what's her name? Kelly. Kelly. She definitely I mean, was the final girl in this one. She was badass, too. Yeah, she was pretty badass. But another thing, too, is like... She fights back, but she chose to stay in the house instead of go with Miss Mac and Heather mm-hmm. to to leave the house and go get help. Which was kind of smart because they die. Yeah, I mean they died. Billy was hiding in the car and he kills Heather, and Mrs. Mac just accidentally gets impaled with an icicle, which is the weirdest way to fucking die in a movie. You know, it's funny. It's just so weird. There was a lot of what I've noticed because in the original movie. There was that one eye scene through the door, which the the kid was trying to say Billy was kept saying Billy and you know saying all this mm-hmm. stuff, and but in this movie, they really use that eye thing for this one. Like you know, yeah. you see the eye everywhere eyes, that's hidden all over the house. Eyes or, are eyes are a very important theme in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's because of one of the other flashbacks that we see in Billy's backstory. But after. I want to say it's the 1991 flashback when Billy's a lot older and Agnes is about probably about 10 in this flashback. But I, she she's celebrating Christmas and Billy is gifted by with, you know, by his mom with a telescope. And after watching this really sweet moment of one of his neighbors, you know, celebrating Christmas with their families, he decides to take it upon himself to bust out of his prison and attack his own family so which he, he deserved doing and he, I, 
That was probably my one thing I liked about it is that he finally got revenge and killed off his his well, not the sister, but the family. Yeah, with with the sister, he throws the bag over her head and stabs her right eye. eye out. Yeah. Also, again, stabs the whiskey dick's eye out too, <laughs> and then brutally kills his mother. And Cookie cuts her skin into Christmas cookies. Remember and that? The, yep. And the cops open this... up the door, and there he is eating cookies with milk, and they're in their skin cookies. Yeah. This is the part when you start saying disgusting. like, yeah. This was the part when you start saying like, this is all for the podcast. This is all, all for, for the, the podcast. podcast. Yep. Because like... this was basically what it was for. If we didn't do this for the podcast, I would have turned this fucking movie off and burn it. I know. I also put in here. You said I just want to get this over with, which I get. But it's like... I just wanted to get it over with. It was fucking horrible. Horrible movie. I don't recommend this to anyone. Like, seriously, this is the reason why I hate fucking remakes. And, like I said, Claire's sister, Lee, I have no idea what her purpose was for. Yeah. I have no idea what her purpose was for. Like, what are you here for? She shows up. She bitches about how her and Claire never really had a sisterly connection. And this was going to be their one chance to do just that. Hmm. She ends up bonding with all the other sorority sisters in the house. Mm-hmm. And again, essentially becomes one of the like caregiver tropes of the group. And yeah, it's just really fucking weird. Like, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. The special effects, too, are kind of shit. Ugh, it's all shit. Even the special um, effects. I mean, they had a bigger budget for this movie and they come up with this shit. Yeah. Uh, they also get like <laughs> newspaper wrapped gifts. With one of them being the baby doll that Agnes is seen in a flashback. She is, like, holding and its eyes are missing. Yeah, <sighs> those those things are found in Eve's closet in Billy's old room. Such a, mm, yeah. Fucking hate this movie. I've also put in here, Claire's sister now becomes everyone's sister, which also doesn't make any fucking sense. I but hate we also that, find too, out saying, you're, like, is my family now or some shit? Yeah. So a lot of things in this movie didn't make a lot of sense. Like, again, with the Eve character, Eve is this girl who just shows up out of the blue. She gives Heather this gift, which is the glass figurine that we see a lot throughout the movie. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, it's a little trope or nod to the original where Barb was stabbed to death with a glass figurine. That unicorn. The unicorn one, yeah. The ice unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that big, sharp-ass... But but her character shows up... She shows up, she has an exchange, and then she is like, as soon as she arrives, she immediately disappears. And yeah. then we find her later, her head's been decapitated, and she's killed in her car outside. Nobody ever knew this is happening. And then Mrs. Mack and Heather decide to leave and try to get out of there, but they don't even make it that far. They're dead in the driveway. There's, a, there's again, that recreation kill scene with Lauren being stabbed to death by a glass figurine. Mm-hmm. Um, they do find out later on that everybody's up in the attic which, in the weirdest fucking way. That makes no sense whatsoever. So exactly. after after Melissa gets killed and Kyle shows up again and he tells them Mrs. Mack and Heather are dead in the driveway. They never left. Kelly tries calling Melissa's phone and she hears the ringing coming from the attic. So yeah. they do discover all the, all the crap that goes on upstairs. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. They go to investigate. Kyle gets sucked up to the attic and he gets killed by Agnes. Billy shows up too. And I love how, like, when they finally get up there, 
and they see all the carnage that had taken place, they're like shocked. And Lee starts like falling through the floor of the attic. Mm-hmm. And like as Kelly's trying to pull her up, they quickly forget for a minute that Lee is falling through the floor. And they take a minute to look at what Agnes has done with their friends and their bodies. Mm-hmm. She's like essentially dressed them up as like Christmas decorations for her own little like family thing. Because that's the, another th- another theme with this fucking movie is all about family and celebrating the holidays together. I put it in my notes. Billy and Agnes have been venting long before imposters have. Yeah. Because one of the biggest things about this house is that because it's Billy's old home from growing up, he's developed a lot of like secret passages and hidey holes to crawl through. To, it's like to that get... fucking game Among Us. Yeah, it's like Among Us. It's exactly. He's the imposter and he's venting through the house to get from one place to another. And I feel like that's exactly how he got out eventually. And then I put this too. I put Brother Daddy is home. Ew. 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 Why do you do that? I hate you. And then, you know, police finally show up, and we think that it's the end of it, and it's not, because Billy kills the mortician in the hospital, and him we're and Agnes. We're gonna burn this motherfucking house down. Yeah, we're gonna burn this motherfucking house down, because there's a fire that starts up in the attic, and it essentially burns down the house, and yeah, that's... I put. I also put into I'm like, Billy's alive. Oh, no. No, well, again, the, the one the, I don't like is the mortician drinking on the job, which is yeah, disgusting. Again, I don't get, like... They're drinking eggnog in a morgue. I know. I don't Ugh. get... Uh, this is one of the lazy things about this movie that I don't like. is this, this unrealistic sense of unprofessionalism and people and, like, their jobs. It's like, uh, even if it's Christmas... And your job as a mortician is to examine the bodies and prep them for burial and everything. It's like, don't drink on the job. Come on, dude. Yeah, exactly. I also put in my notes, watch your ass, Lee, because it's not over yet. So we find out that um, Claire had given Lee a gift that they found in the house. And it was a watch. So hence the watch your ass, Lee. Lee is dead. Like she gets strangled by Agnes and she breaks her neck. Kelly comes back from her x-rays. She sees that the the ceiling is leaking blood and she tries to get out. And I don't know why they felt compelled to lock her door in this movie. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, Katie Cassidy gets the upper hand in Agnes. She electrocutes her to death with a defibrillator which i thought was also creative in a way it's very handsy like you know working with what you've got in your own environment and then there's a chase scene with her and billy which i don't get there's all these people in the hallway that she's passing by and billy's like going after her Mm -hmm. like no nobody tries to stop him nobody tries to help her it doesn't make any sense to me. They end up in the stairwell of a, you know, the hallway, and she throws him over the rail, and he gets impaled by a tree. Which I had to make a funny remark of because of one of two things. One, when you think about it, the the human body, like if you spread your arms out wide, like horizontally, and you spread your legs out, you're essentially a star. 
like yeah. a five-pointed star. And he has that yellow skin yeah, anyway. Yeah, because, so of, because be- of the liver disease he has, it makes his skin yellow. So he's the Christmas star. He became a Christmas star on top of a tree. <laughs> Which I was like, ha ha, how funny and clever. Mm-hmm. Which I think was the one time they tried to be clever about anything in this movie. Yeah, that was the only one clever thing that I liked. Other than that... No. So that concludes my notes on this <coughs> another shitty ass remake. I didn't care for all that mm, much, and yeah. I know that a lot of people have different opinions about this movie in general. But what are I, I'm almost I'm almost afraid to ask you, Colin. But what are, what are your overall thoughts of the remake? Those are my <laughs> overall remarks. No, you gotta Silence. give me something. You no, give me no, something. I, I no. I said everything I felt throughout this whole fucking episode. This this movie is fucking awful. It's really, really the top reasons why I don't like remakes. And, and not only that, they it was just a catastrophe waiting to happen. It was just a movie that they should have burned once they got done filming this. Yeah. They should have just redone this movie. After seeing this, I would have been... Like, if I was one of the executives at Warner Brothers or wherever this movie was fucking made, I would have been like, look, burn this movie, make a new one, or if you decide to premiere this, we're not associating with you. Yeah. <laughs> or And you're fired. Yeah. And like I, like I mentioned before, I know, like, when, when certain remakes retell a story, it doesn't have to be shot for shot. It doesn't have to be word for word. It can be a little different in terms of, like, storytelling and point of view and everything. But I didn't particularly like the backstory. Like, I know, like, in comparison to other backstories we've heard, like the Halloween remake, mm-hmm. it showed Michael Myers coming from a very poor, dysfunctional family, which in that lighting was more realistic and relatable. In this one, it was just... Ugh. A bit over the top for my It was a bit over taste. the top, and that's why I didn't like this one, because it was over the fucking and top. super raunchy, and I mean, oh, like... Oh, my God. I got oh a headache. I got a headache after watching this, or even like, talking about it. Like, I would have been okay without the whole incest scene. That fucking disgusted I, I can't... Me. Ugh. Ugh. I Again, I, 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 I can't. God, I thought Flowers in the Attic was bad, and I actually like that movie. Just take incest off the table completely. And I know we see it a lot in other horror movies too. Like yeah, a lot of horror movies do incest movies. Yeah. There's not no no other genre does incest movies. Well, except for Deliverance and Wrong Turn. Yeah, that is true. Well, that's a oh. horror movie. So it's a it's a I'm talking about like comedies or like oh, stuff no. like that. No, they don't do that because it's Mm-mm. oh no. Mm-mm. It's a big oh no to talk about. Yeah. So, but all right. So let's finish this up before we both go insane. Okay. All right. So, any last thoughts or you uh, like to say your thing to the people? Yeah. Be, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So, but I will say this. The next movie that we're going to do a discussion on to our remakes and everything is Silent Night, Deadly Night. So, that will redeem us hopefully from this fucking movie. Will, yeah. Hopefully, those will be better than these I hope ones, the remake is not as bad as this you one. You haven't seen the remake? Never. Never oh, seen boy. it. Have we're, you? No. Oh, I haven't in, even seen the we're first. We're in for deep shit. I haven't even seen the original yet. It's been the Abbey Normal Podcast. I am your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Aaliyah. Signing off saying, fuck this movie. Yes.